fair warning right now, uh, this was probably one of the worst days to not have slides because uh, normally I stick to one book, uh, but today we're going to be kind of jumping all over the place. So uh, have your Bibles ready, all right? This is going to be page-turning practice today. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, if you just give you fair warning right now, uh, keep your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 6. So we're going to be going back there uh, throughout the sermon and... Uh, the majority of the other scriptures that I'm going to be reading today are in the book of Proverbs. So uh, if you want to go back and forth between those two books, uh, keep those open. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and pray uh, before we open up God's word. Dear Lord, uh, thank you so much for this day. Thank you, Lord, uh, for uh, the relationships that you have put us in, Lord. And uh, I thank you so much for my family. Uh, and I pray, Lord, that uh, you help me to be a good parent, Lord, and you help all of us to be uh, good parents. And I just pray that as we go through your word this morning, uh, that you open our hearts to what you have to teach us uh, and just allow it to rest in our hearts and to seep into our minds. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I actually talked to my wife uh, last night and I told her, I said, I asked her to pray for me today because the, the subject matter that I'm going through today is, uh, it's good, and but it's you know, it's a tough one when you look at what today's world th says about parenting, right? And so I told my wife, pray for me that I have the strength and the courage to say what needs to be said uh, because, you know, kids need discipline, right? <laughs> so, all right. Um, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, this is going to be our whole scripture, uh, our main scripture today. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 4. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So what, what a passage there. Uh, everything about what this is saying here is the opposite of what the world wants you to how to handle how the world wants you to handle your children today uh the world what the world tells us about the parenting parent-child relationship is completely inverted uh from what the biblical standard is let's look at god's blueprint for the family god's blueprint for the family and so who who are the members of a family of an immediate family that is of course the father the mother and the children. So not, not the father, the mother, the children, the grandparents, you know, not the father, the mother, the children, and the aunts and uncles. And no, the father, the mother, and the children. And that also, we should understand that that is not uh, society. Your neighbors are not part of your family, that your neighbors don't get a say in how you raise your kids. Uh, it's your father and mother and children. That's your immediate family. Uh, when it talks about in Genesis, you know, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And so when you marry, when you get married, you are no longer part of your parents' household. You start your own household. And so those are the members of the family, of the biblical family unit. Understand also that the father is the head of the household. The father is the head of the household. This is also comes with it the responsibility here. Uh, the father is the one that is most responsible for the children. 
you know, if you think you can stand before men, if you think you can stand before the Lord someday when he's talking about how your, your children have gone wayward, and you can say, well, that was my wife's fault. You think that's going to work? No, it didn't work for Adam, right? Uh, with, oh, no, he, she made me eat the fruit. No, that, that doesn't work, right? The responsibility lies with the leader, right? So the responsibility always lies with the leader. The buck stops with you. That said, the mother also has authority in a household. Children are to be subject to their parents. And understand, in biblical times, children were seen as property of their parents, and so that's something that we have to understand. Uh, children are to be subject to their parents. Now, like I said, we live in a world today that is constantly trying to destroy the family unit. You think about this, right? We, we're talking about the biblical blueprint, God's blueprint for the family. Who are the members, right? The father, the mother, the children. What does the world say now? Well, first... You know, when we started with no-fault divorce, right? And so that, that there's, there you go. Now you have single-parent households. The world says that's okay. And, you know, more power, more power to you mothers if you're a single mother. That's, understand that kids can grow up well in a single-parent household. Can. That's not the way God designed it to be, right? Uh, the best scenario is a father and a mother in the household. I can speak from experience with this. I grew up in a single-parent household uh, then with my grandmother. So my, my family situation was all messed up. Uh, but you know, somehow I made it through that, hopefully without too many bumps and bruises. You might all be thinking there saying, no, you're, you, you're pretty messed up. No, uh, but I hope not. <laughs> but uh, so you start off with that, right? So breaking up, you know, the parents, right? Well, now, what are they saying? Well, now you could be two fathers and two mothers, right? That's what the world says is okay. And so you have the, just the who are the members of the family that changed right there, right? Also, you know, the, there's the whole idea in the world today that, oh, it takes a village to raise a child, right? So now it's not even just you, your immediate family. Now uh, your society has input on how you raise your kids. That's not the biblical model. Also, when we look at who has authority in a household, whoops, sorry about that. Uh, when I step in a certain spot, sometimes it pops, so we gotta fix that. But anyway, uh, who has authority? Well, the Bible says it's the father in the household, right? Well, what does the world say? Well, now the mother can be the head of the household, or uh, now it's not even just that, or it can be the government is the head of your household. You know, what do we do today? We send our kids off to school, and that school started off not as a bad thing, but now who raises your kids? The schools do. If you send your kids to school, who are they spending the most time with? A lot of times, kids go and they have before school care, they have after school care. So most of their lives is spent at school. So who's really raising your kids? It's Uncle Sam, right? But if you look at that, right, it's constantly attacking every part of this, even to the part where the children are supposed to be subject to the parents. Well, now you can't spank, you know, until you can't spank your kids, you can't even discipline them anymore. You're not even supposed to say no to your kids. 
You're supposed to redirect, right? Uh, my wife was telling me that when she was working at preschool. That was one of the things that they were trained to do. No, don't tell the kids no. That discourages them. You need to redirect them. You need to use positive things. No, ch kids need to be told no, right? Uh, and then there's the whole, you know, child-led parenting, right? Uh, sorry, no. Kids are to be subject to their parents. And this is for the good of the children. This is for the good of the children. Uh, we're going to talk about a verse later. This is a famous verse that we talk about. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. But understand that in the Hebrew, uh, it's training up a child according to their way, right? And so there's actually a dual meaning there. Uh, it's not just train up a child in the way he should go and he won't depart from it. That's the positive end. The negative is also true. If you train up a child according to their own way, understand that when they're old, they won't depart from that either. If they will never change. It's a sad thing. And so this world is attacking on every single front today. It's so important for us to follow what the Bible says about parenting. I remember when uh, my daughter, my first daughter was born, I was terrified. I really wanted, I was, I was so happy to be a father, uh, but I had never had that example uh, in my life. And, you know, I, I never had a, a, a father at all, let alone a biblical father, right? And so I was like, how on earth am I going to parent these children when I haven't had that example in my own life? And the answer really was, well, hey, dive into scripture and see what the Bible says about parenting. So I'm doing the best I can. That's, that's what I'm saying to you right now. And so when we see here in Ephesians chapter 6, we first see instructions for children. Now, this is pretty fitting because understand that not everyone in here is a parent. But everyone in here is somebody's child, right? So the first instructions that you have are that of a child. So as a child, what are you supposed to do uh, in life? So what's, what's the child's job in a family? And we see in these verses there's two things, right? I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 3 again, and we'll see what these two things are. It says in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. <clears throat> so first we see obey. Then we see honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So obey and honor. Obey and honor. That's the children's only job in a family. Obey and honor. Your job as a child is to be instructed by your parents. That's, that's, that's your role in the family. That way you can be a good parent someday. You can be a good citizen someday, right? You can be a good follower of the Lord someday, first and foremost. So obey and honor. So first let's look at obey. So children, obey your parents. What does it say? In the Lord. Now, there's another unfortunate thing that we have to talk about today is, is that not all parents are giving instructions to their children in a godly manner, right? And so what it's saying here, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Obey morally correct, sound instructions from your parents. 
That's, you know, that's what it's talking about here. If your parents are do, telling you to do something terrible, don't do it, right? Uh, but we need to have a spirit of obedience to our parents, right? So if you go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 13, Proverbs chapter 13, the next, the next one is going to be chapter 15, so just letting you know. Proverbs chapter 13, uh, verse 1 says, A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. So first reason to obey. It is wise to obey your parents. Why is it wise to obey your parents? Because they've already been through what you're going through, right? A lot of times, especially teenagers, right? Oh, you can't possibly understand what I'm going through today, right? How everyone says that to their parents when they're a teenager. Then when you become a parent, you're like, oh, they did know, right? <laughs> right? Obey your parents. It's a wise thing to obey your parents. Why? Because they have more knowledge than you about life. And so listen to their instruction. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32 says, He who disdains instruction despises his own soul. But he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. So not only is it wise to obey your parents, but you gain understanding from listening to your parents, from listening to instruction. This is, again, this is your job as a child, is to learn. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. Go ahead and turn there. This is, a, again, a pretty famous verse, uh, verse 7 here. But then it goes on, and it talks about listening to instructions. It says, starting at verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head. And chains around your neck. So these ornaments and chains. This is talking about like jewelry here. And so understand that like when you listen to instruction and you obey those things, those are bountiful to you in the future, right? Those help you. That's wealth there of knowledge. Listen to your parents. It's a smart thing to do. That's it's basically what I'm saying there with obedience. Now we talk about honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. So obey and then honor. That actually comes from Exodus chapter 20. You don't have to turn there. It's the same thing that's said uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 says, Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So if you want to live a long life, Honor your father and mother. You get what I'm implying there, right? Uh, don't cross me. <laughs> no. Uh, but in reality, we have to understand this, that in the biblical context here, uh, there was consequences for being an unruly child. Uh, now, in Deut I believe it's in Deuteronomy it talks about this, but um, it talks about that if your child wasn't listening to you, right, and you've tried and tried, doesn't listen to you as a father, uh, doesn't listen to the mother, uh, and you keep trying, right, and talks about them being a drunkard and all, all these things, 
you were supposed to bring them before the elders of the city and they would make a judgment and then if if they continued to be unruly and disobedient and all these negative things you were to take they were to take them outside the city and stone them the penalty for disobedient children was death that's that's a that's an important thing to understand in the bible why is this such a serious thing because disobedient children can ruin a society, can ruin a community. Understand that it's contagious. When your child's disobedient, and everybody knows this, when you have two young, really young kids, and one kid's crying a lot, right? What happens? The other kids start to cry too, right? It happens all the time. But when you think about disobedient children, it rubs off on the other children. And over time, this can cause the breakdown of a community. And so God did not want his people to have that sort of breakdown. And so we need to understand it's a very important thing. Now, I talked about earlier that the society doesn't have uh, a say in how you raise your kids, right? Everyone say, oh, it takes a village, right? Again, that is an inverted view. Everybody says that, oh, society has responsibility in raising your kids. That's not it. You have a responsibility to your community to raise your kids well. So it's, it's the opposite of what the government and the world's saying right now. You have a responsibility to everyone around you to raise your kids well. Proverbs 13 verse 18 says, poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. So, when you honor your father and mother, if you listen to their instruction and their correction, uh, it's going to do well for you. If you don't listen, what does it say here? Poverty and shame will come to you. Also, so honoring your father and mother, right? Uh, Proverbs 12.1 says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. And I, I, I'm not going to lie. I put that verse there just so I could say the word stupid in a sermon. So <laughs> it's in the Bible, okay? <laughs> but understand that it is foolish to not listen to your parents, to not honor your parents. Nobody looks at you well if you are embarrassing your family. It doesn't... This might be a news flash for you, but it doesn't look as bad on your family as it does on you. So if you're out there and causing shame to your family, firstly, people are going to look at you negatively. And there's something else to understand about obedience and honoring, right? When you're part of your mother and father's household, right, obedience is the most important thing. Uh, well, when you're out of their household, Obedience is not as much of a thing, but honor is still so important because now you are an adult and now you have a responsibility to be a good, upstanding person, right? Otherwise, that's going to look bad on your family. You don't want that. So that's the instructions for children. Very simple. Obey and honor, right? Very simple instructions there. Instructions for parents. This gets a little bit more complicated here. Ephesians 6, 4, it says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And 
Brother Cameron, if you want to tell Brother Robert, there's a verse in Colossians that just flat out says, don't provoke your children. It doesn't say to wrath. So I just I wanna, wanted to let you know that. Sorry, that was an inside joke. So, uh, <laughs> All right. Um, but don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So even though this is addressed directly to fathers here, this applies both to fathers and mothers. Understand that instruction is on both parties. But we have to understand that ultimate responsibility is on the father, but the mother is part of it too. So you still have a responsibility to teach your kids. This is for both parents here. Also, so what it says here about uh, don't provoke your children to wrath. Don't provoke your children to wrath. So does that mean that we can never make our kids angry? If that was true, uh, I think everybody in here <laughs> would be going against the Bible. Uh, and it's not even your fault, right? Sometimes kids, I, one, there was one time where I think it was Rebecca just, just got angry and we couldn't figure, we couldn't even figure out why. She was just mad at us. So unknowingly provoked my child to wrath, I guess. No. Um, what it's talking about here is not just an instance of anger, right? Uh, this is talking about when your children are grown and out of the house. If you are too hard on your children and they resent you for it for the rest of their life, that's what it's talking about here. This is, that's provoking your children to wrath. Don't do that, right? We are to discipline our children, but don't do it to a point where they're going to resent you forever. And understand also that goes both ways. If you're too hard on discipline, they, they'll resent you forever. If you're too soft on discipline, they're gonna resent you forever, right? Uh, it's going to be a problem. The next thing here is it talks about bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And so first, training obviously means training. Uh, admonition is talking about discipline. Okay. And so training uh, your children. So we need to train, we need to teach our children to fear God. Uh, kids don't automatically come out of the womb fearing God. You have to teach that to them. Psalm 51, 5 says, Behold, I, this is David speaking, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Every one of us is born with a sin nature, right? So if you look at your child and go, Oh, my little angel, they're not. They're not. Understand that they need to be taught uh, to fear God. Every one of us, it, given the chance to do evil, would do it. That's a fact of life. And so children need to be taught. Uh, Proverbs 22, verse 6, and this is the verse that I already mentioned, says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so that is also, we need to understand here that this is not a promise in the Bible. This is a word, these are words of wisdom here. And so this is uh, Solomon here saying, hey, this is, this is a wise thing to do. Uh, this is a general rule of thumb, so to speak. And so people look at this verse and sometimes think, well, you know, if my child turned away from God and they're in the world, well, the Bible says they're going to come back. And that's not a promise in the Bible. We need to understand that. So 
If you are hurt by thinking that, understand that wasn't a promise. Understand that is words of wisdom there. And so, yes, we should train up a child in the way he should go. Train a child to fear the Lord. And that is the, the best chance you are giving them in life to follow God. It is your responsibility to make sure that child knows the Lord. Um, you, you know, when we think about what's going on in many churches today, how, many, how often do you hear people say, well, I've just always been a Christian. I've just always been a Christian. I grew up in church. I've been, I've been a Christian my whole life. Yeah, when you, whenever you ask them their testimony, oh, I just always, I always knew God. No, that's, that's not right. That's a failure on the parents' part. Parents need to make sure that their children understand that there has to be a point in time where you have a, a moment of repentance and you understand that Jesus came and died for you. And so there has to be a moment there. The op like I said before, the opposite is also true. If we just let our children run the show, right, it will stick with them. And they're going to think that they can run the show the rest of their lives. And a lot of times when we see lack of parenting, kids end up in bad situations. We need to understand that. Uh, man, this is getting worse. All right. Normally, it doesn't happen multiple times through a sermon. Uh, but now, this is just me speaking. I heard this saying uh, a little while ago. This isn't in the Bible, but uh, this is something that's good to remember. We also need to teach our children by being a good example, right? A lot of, a, a lot of people have the mentality, you know, do as I say, not as I do type thing, right? Uh, understand that that's not effective at all. Uh, I, heard, I heard a saying a while back that said, uh, children are uh, slow to listen, but quick to imitate. Children are slow to listen, but quick to imitate. And so, you know, if you see, you know, your kids running around, they'll start doing the things that you do, right? You tell them to do something, they might not listen, but they're going to start doing the things you do. And if you're a bad example for them in the home, they're going to they're they're start picking up on that, right? And it's funny how, you know, often, you know, you think your kid's in the other room and you say something you shouldn't have, and all of a sudden they start saying it, right? It gets you into trouble. <laughs> but we need to remember that we need to lead our families and we need to be good examples for our children. So now I'm getting to discipline, right? This is the part that everybody's going to be like, oh. I mean, people in here might not be against this, but... Uh, this is the part that the world has the biggest problem with today, right? Disciplining your children. So first of all, children, the, before we even get to like how to discipline your children, we need to understand that children need discipline. Children need discipline desperately. If a child does not have discipline, they're going to not end up well in life, right? Uh, that's, you know, the lack of discipline is the cause of many of people in jail, right? Uh, we need to understand that children need discipline. And discipline is painful. We also need to understand that discipline is very uh, painful at the moment, uh, especially for the person being disciplined, but it is beneficial to you later, right? Hebrews 12, verse 11. And this is talking about the, di the, the discipline from the Lord here. 
good discipline, but we can follow this, excuse me, we can follow this example. It says, no chastening seems to be joyful for the, pre the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So it's good for you to be disciplined later. It might hurt at the time, but it's good later. So children need discipline, but why, why should we discipline our children? Well, we discipline them because we love them. If you don't discipline your children, according to the Bible, you don't really love them. That might be, you know, a lot of people need to hear that today. Because a lot of people think, oh, well, no, I, I, I love my children and I, I would never do any of that to them, right? No, you, you, if you love them, you will discipline them. Because you're not just worried about the moment and what, what's going to make them happy. Because if you don't discipline them in the moment, right, then you don't have to deal with it at that time. And that makes you feel better. But it's going to hurt them down the road if they never get disciplined. Proverbs 13, verse 24. It says, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. So spanking is good. I will say, I'm not, I'm not going to hit my kid with a rod, but, you know, uh, spanking, you know, there, need, there needs to be some sort of negative reinforcement there. And I was talking about this with my wife the, uh, last night, and we were talking about how, you know, well, there's all these other methods, right? Timeouts. Uh, timeouts are neither here nor there. Uh, but, you know, oh, taking things away from your kids, right? Well, that, that kind of teaches kids the wrong message, right? Uh, that means that they don't have ownership over anything, that you could just take it at any time, right? So that, that's not really the right message for the future. Uh, but, or also, you know, um, what, what are other things that we talked about? I can't remember now. Uh, but we need to understand that pain, you know, momentary physical pain is a good thing because it, one, it doesn't last, right? Uh, two, it's a very good deterrent. That's, that, it's a, it's a good deterrent. It's a biblical deterrent. Even when we think about, you know, kind of, oh, I remember what we were talking about now, uh, the emotional or psychological, you know, discipline that parents seem to do to their kids. I honestly believe that that's worse you know, it, a parent that's constantly saying, well, I'm so disappointed in you, and I'm so upset with you right now, uh, that can last in a child way longer than a spanking will. And that's, that's not necessarily a good thing. We were talking about a, a friend of Danielle's that um, spanking seems to not work for her kid, but uh, she, he, he's terrified of the Grinch. And so she has this little, this Grinch mask that she goes and gets uh, when, her, when her kid's not listening and that makes him listen. That's, that's bad, right? <laughs> but, you know, if you think about it, right, again, a spanking's momentary, right? A kid's gonna get over a spanking. Uh, and, but they will also understand that, hey, I can't do that in the future. There's, there's consequences, right? And so, uh, again, it's kind of one of those things, the Bible's always right on these things. Understand that we don't just have, this is not just um, 
instructions for us that are baseless, right? God is our model for discipline. God disciplines those he loves, right? Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 9 says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you uh, as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. So uh, chastening and scourging, uh, those are painful things, right? Especially the scourging part. That I think I've talked about this before. When it talks about scourging in the Bible, understand that that's the same thing as like what Jesus received. That's the whipping there. And so God, you know, God's discipline is sometimes painful for us. It goes on, it says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. So if you're not uh, correcting your children, if you're not disciplining your children, right, you're not really treating them as your children. It's kind of something that, to think about. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjugation to the Father of spirits and live? So God chastens us. He, he corrects us as sons, right? So because God loves us, if you're a believer, he's going to correct you. He's going to discipline you. And so if God is our model for that, we need to do the same thing with our children, right? If we really love our children, we will discipline them and correct them because we want them to have a good future. Now, I say all this, but we need to remember, uh, and this is this, sometimes, you know, I, what I don't mean in this, you know, when I'm talking about discipline, try to never discipline your children out of anger. That's something that we, we all need to remember. It's very easy to slip into that. You know, oh, I'm just so angry. I'm going to swat you on the bottom right now. And that's when you do it too hard and you, you, you go too far. Try to never discipline your children in anger. And a good way to remember that is children are always, when, when children are spoken of in the Bible, it's always as a blessing from God. Children are a blessing from God. They're a reward from God. They are precious to us. And so you are always, whenever you discipline your kids, we need to do it with the understanding that this is going to make them better in the future. That's, that's why we do it, right? You don't do it because you're angry and you need to get your anger out on them. That's not, that's not the way to discipline. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Children are a heritage from the Lord. So we need to remember that they are precious and they are given to us by God to steward, and we need to train them to fear the Lord and one day, you know, accept the Lord as their Savior. That's the most important thing that you could teach to your kids. Follow God. We need to teach our children to follow God. I'm going to end with this as the pianist and song leader come. Are you a child of God? Are you a child of God? You know, 
we, I, I talked about here, not everyone's a parent, but everyone is a child. You have earthly parents, right? And if you're saved, you are a child of God, right? Now, it, there's a, another thing that you hear sometimes in the world. We're all children of God. No, we're not. Not everyone is a child of God, right? You're a child of God if you're saved and if you've, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're not saved, then you are at enmity with God. God is your creator. You, you are created by God, but you're not a child, right? If you're saved, you have the spirit of adoption. And something that's awesome about that, actually, I'm going to go ahead and read this verse here, and then I'll say what I was going to say. Romans 8, verses 15 through 17, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of, of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we, we may be glorified uh, together. So if you're saved, you've received the spirit of adoption. You know what's awesome about that? So according to Hebrew culture and the, their laws and everything, uh, you could not disown an adopted child. You could disown uh, a child who was you know, born to you, uh, but you couldn't disown an adopted child. It, once you're adopted, you are adopted forever. That's it. So what a beautiful thing about security of the believer there, right? If we have that spirit of adoption, that means that we are 100% saved. We're always saved. It's an awesome thing. I'll say to you this morning that it's very easy to become a child of God. All you have to do is two things. You pray to God, you repent and believe. That's it. Repent and believe. Repent, you know, simply means turning away from your sin. Uh, tell God you're sorry, right? That you want to change your life. You know, you do that in your own words. But believe that Jesus has come and died for your sins. That's so important because simply believing that Jesus existed, that's not enough, right? That's historical faith. That's just head knowledge. Believe in your heart that he died for you. Not just everyone else. That believe in your heart that he died for you, for your sins. Do that this morning. Repent and believe. And you will be a child of God and you'll be joint heirs with Christ. How, how beautiful is that? Do that this morning.